You're listening to Mystery Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries, both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the mystery of Mothman. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved. Good to be back. Good to be back. First things first, I just want to tell you all how much I appreciate your kind words about last week's episode. I received a few DMs that complimented my storytelling abilities, and I just want to express how much that really meant to me. I love to write. I've been writing since I was a wee child. My daughter's seven, and I think that's probably when I started writing. Um, I like to have fun, and in last week's episode, I was really able to showcase sort of that skill, and I'm really glad that it was well-received. Last week's episode didn't have very much to go off of. I mean, we only had like one really good article, but that is a complete 180 from today's episode. There are so many articles and shows and eyewitness accounts of today's topic, so I won't have to create a story. But trust me, there is plenty of interesting stuff surrounding this case, and it certainly didn't need any help from me to keep things entertaining. I also got a message from someone who was passing through Clinton County last week, and they said that they were actually able to stop into the town and they found the grave marker of C.H. and Caroline. And I thought that was so cool. What a happy little coincidence. And here I thought (laughs) driving through Iowa (laughs) would be boring, but my episode made it a little bit more sweet for this listener. So Amy from Indiana, thank you so much for reaching out. I appreciate you. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in, or should I say take off with today's episode. If you are not already following me on my Instagram account at Mystery Still Unsolved, well, then get on that, Skippy. I'm not one to fault someone for procrastinating as I am one to fall victim to this trap as well, but dang, you win first place in today's procrastination competition. All right, now that you've won and you finally have something to show for all of your uh, lack of hard work, uh, can you please follow me now? Okay, awesome. Thank you. Now that you're following, you can comment your thoughts, theories, and opinions on the cases that we discuss. And trust me, I think we'll all have something to share with the class after today's case. You can also DM me a case suggestion about a case that you want me to cover. Is there like a hometown murder that was never solved in your area? Um, Which actually, as I'm talking about this, reminds me that I should probably do a listener suggestion sometime soon. So I will be sure to put that on my calendar. If you can't get enough of me on my Instagram, well, aren't you sweet? I like you. I think I'm going to take you home. Uh, You can visit my website at www.mysterystillunsolved.com. And there you can binge my now 65 episodes. We are climbing to that 100 episodes mark. Slow and steady wins the race. Do you guys remember that tortoise in the hair story? Anyways, but we're getting there. Yes, we are. Our 100th episode will be here before we know it. All right. Uh, yes, I think I'm done with all of that housekeeping. So let's get on with the case. Picture this. Point Pleasant, West Virginia, 
April 1967, Linda Sigmund and her boyfriend head out for a quiet nighttime drive. Far beyond the city lights, they pull over to do some amateur stargazing. Wank, wank. Um, if you're not familiar with the secret codes of horny teenage vernacular, allow me to be a conduit or a translator for you. When this young couple says that they are amateur stargazing, massive air quotes included. So just picture that. Stargazing. Um, I think we all know what that really means. Um uh, that's honestly the most politically correct way I can relate to what they were really up to. I can't go more into it because, as you know, Mystery Still Unsolved is a family show. <laughs> Just kidding. This is so not a family show. Actually, if there are children present while you listen to any of these episodes, I will have you reported. Okay? <laughs> a family show. Freaking no. Anyways. After a few minutes, they realize that they're not alone. After the stargazing was done, the two decided to sit on the hood of the car and Linda noticed a bright star over to the right. Suddenly, the star began to get bigger and it started to glow and almost seemed as though it was bursting through the clouds and it came right over their car. The object was so large that when the couple looked up to like figure out what it was they claim that they couldn't see anything behind it it was as if the sky and the stars had disappeared or basically been enveloped in this giant thing so the two run into the car to make their getaway the car stalls no uh the boyfriend keeps working at it until finally the car starts and the couple begins their flight their like fight or flight drive it's at this point that linda sees him a large flying man with wings. It was the creature that she now perceives to be Mothman. And okay, maybe my translation from horny teenager to the rest of us was incorrect. You see, sometimes stargazing can mean bum chicka wow wow. However, in other contexts of the word, it can mean something else. What could that be? Uh, I'll tell you. Pot, reefer, grass, dope, ganja, Mary Jane, hash, herb, Aunt Mary, skunk, boom, chronic, chiba, baby bang, bammy, blanket, bobo, Doña Juana, good giggles, the hot stick, Gasper, good butt, jolly green, I could go on forever, baby. But it's weed, okay? <laughs> it's weed. But what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That was a reference to Shakespeare's infamous play, Romeo and Juliet, if you didn't catch that. You uncultured swine. All right, anyways, <laughs> just kidding. But hey, when your parents or your friends who oppose the fact that you're listening to true crime podcasts get on your case for listening to my show, you can be like, hey, it teaches me things. You're learning. Okay, Linda said as she looked out her window, it looked like the creature was about eight or nine feet tall. As they went around a turn, the Mothman continued to fly straight and disappeared into the tree line ahead. She says, quote, I don't know what else it could have been, end quote. 
Lydia Woodhall, the owner of a local pizza joint, sat down for an interview with the guys over at BuzzFeed, and she said that the most terrifying story of the Mothman that she'd ever heard was from Danny Scarborough's mother. They don't say her name, which is pretty annoying. She's more than just Danny's mom, but whatever. I'll save that fight for another day because we're talking about the Mothman today. But anyway, Danny's mom said that at one night, she had to literally fight Mothman off. Apparently, she had put her six-month-old baby Danny to bed in a bassinet um, by the window, and she went to brush her teeth, and when she returned to the room, Mothman had entered through a large open window, and he was trying to steal her baby. She had to wrestle and grab the infant out of his hands before he retreated back into the night. So, what is Mothman? No, it isn't the name of a super lame superhero or supervillain from the Marvel or DC universe, although it certainly seems like it could be. Most people and cryptozoologists, yeah, that's a real job, guys, cryptozoologists, um, agree that when we talk about Mothman, we are talking about a large, red-eyed, human-sized creature that flies but is also able to walk on its two hind legs. The Mothman is normally seen at night, making its coloring hard to discern. Some witnesses claim that the creature is gray, and others disagree, stating that it is more brownish in color. Even though people argue about semantics and its colorings and whatnot, there is one thing everyone seems to agree on, and that is the fact that Mothman is imposing and terrifying, which may be a good time to clarify something. So when I was a kid, I watched this episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and one of the segments was about Mothman. I'm not going to go over the Unsolved Mysteries recap of it because we're going to totally recap that episode when we get to it. However, I will say this. When I was a kid and Robert Stack said, Mothman, I honestly wasn't very scared. (laughs) I mean, what would be so scary about a man who looks like a moth, like moths aren't scary. Oh, you want to catch a moth, man? Just get like a giant, a giant light and have it like swim into it and be like, and die. But you shouldn't think that Mothman is a man who looks like a moth. It doesn't look like a moth at all. And I don't know who came up with the name or who we need to file a complaint against. But yeah, don't get it twisted. The Mothman doesn't really look like a moth. Picture more like a really scary Batman creature with like dragon type wings. Dragon Man would probably be more of a fitting title for it. But it was 1966. People didn't have the internet, so they couldn't come up with clever names. So here we are. And we've got to settle with this stupid name, Mothman. Anyways, regardless, if such a creature were to exist, where could it have come from? Josh Gershom, a cryptozoologist, says that, quote, Mothman is one of the most enigmatic creatures in the annals of the unexplained and first gained publicity in November of 1966. After that, within a matter of weeks and the following months, there were dozens or perhaps hundreds of sightings of this creature around the Point Pleasant area, which caused mass hysteria, end quote. David, a local radio host from the Point Pleasant area, says that most people attribute Mothman to the misidentification of giant owls or even cranes that are prominent in this area of the United States. Apparently, sandhill cranes have a wingspan of about 10 feet. However, this bird, while it is native to Illinois, it's not native to West Virginia. 
Um, There are all kinds of other explanations that have been given, but David says that when you talk to the people who actually saw this Mothman creature or people who experienced seeing it, they're not talking about anything that is conventionally known. Dave Spinks, a famous paranormal investigator, says that, quote, West Virginia people are an outdoorsy bunch. Most are avid hunters and fishermen. They know all of the animals that reside in the woods. They would be able to tell the difference between an owl and, I don't know, say, a freaking mothman type creature, end quote. And I would like to state for the record that my name is Rochelle, and I would not go as far as to call myself an outdoorsy person in the slightest. But I can tell you one thing. I know for sure that I would be able to tell the difference between a giant owl and Batman with dragon wings. (laughs) I don't think it takes a zoologist or a bird watcher or cryptozoologist to figure that out. You know, do you like, do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm no Jane Goodall, but I think I could probably tell the difference. Not to like toot my own horn or anything, but I mean, come on. All right, now we have to consider the Mothman's behavior, which involved chasing cars over 100 miles an hour and taking off like a helicopter, just like straight up into the sky. None of those characteristics are on par with any flesh and blood animal that I've ever heard of before. The first sighting of Mothman, which initiated Mothmania as we know it, um, was the McClintic wildlife management area. Okay, so during World War II, 8,000 acres of a wooded area near Point Pleasant were employed to manufacture and house explosives. The explosives were housed in like these big concrete igloos that were just like kind of scattered around the property. After the war, the initiative was abandoned and was partially converted into a wildlife preserve. In the 80s, it was discovered that byproducts of the explosives had critically contaminated the land and like the water underneath the land. And yet to this day, the igloos and their hazardous explosives are still housed inside. And a lot of people believe that this may have caused mutations of local birds. Some speculate that this is what eventually caused this conception of Mothman. But that's, of course, purely speculation. And while I think it's probably unlikely, um, like my childhood hero, Miss Frizzle, used to say, never say never. All right. So even though this area was kind of condemned, it became a local hangout for the youths in the area. Big shocker. When you tell youths not to go somewhere, where's the first place that they're going to go? Oh, right. Those dangerous and hazarded woods. Yes. Okay, so on November 15th, 1966, Steve and Mary Millette and Roger and Linda Scarberry were enjoying a lovely little drive through the wildlife preserve, perhaps to go, I don't know, amateur stargazing? I don't know. (laughs) But what I do know is that their little joyride would soon come to a halt when Mary and Linda saw something suspicious in the tree line. The creature was making its way to an abandoned TNT plant. It was like kind of just like shuffling along in a slow manner. So the four claimed that they were able to get a good look at the creature. While they at first thought that it was a man, upon further inspection, they noticed it did not seem to have arms or a head. It had massive wings high up on its back and its characteristic two 
red eyes. After being hypnotized by this sight, but like by the sight of this creature, one of them spoke up, uh, I think we better get out of here. And they took off in their car, terrified. As they made their way to Highway 62, they saw the being appear in front of them, and then it rose into the sky. They claimed the wingspan of the creature was something like 10 to 12 feet, and they noted that the creature seldomly needed to flap its giant wings as it chased their car at a speed of almost 100 miles per hour. The witnesses claimed that the creature made a noise similar to, quote, a record playing at a high speed, end quote, kind of like a squeaking mouse. All right. So not a terrifying sound, but I think as many others do that this makes the account even more believable. I mean, if people were lying about this giant creature, if they like just made it up, it seems kind of like off brand (laughs) that they would claim that it squeaked like a little baby mouse. You would think that they would come up with something a bit more creative if they were making it up. Like, it sounded like, I don't know, like lions roaring or I don't know, like a, I don't know. That's just my two cents. Fortunately, as they got closer to the city center, the Mothman disappeared. Linda Scarberry wanted to report it to the police, but the others were concerned that they would not be taken seriously because they had been, you know, stargazing. As a result, they made an odd choice. The four decided to go back to the original spot where they had first seen the creature and see if once again they would find it. I think that they were probably just like, dude, we're like super high. I think we like made that up. Maybe we should go back. And if we see it again, then we'll know that it actually like holds some weight. Um, They just wanted to make sure that they weren't crazy. And this led them to immediately go back and they saw the creature again. This led them to immediately go to the courthouse to make their claim. Deputy Millard Halstead was on duty that night. With this being a tiny town, he knew the couples personally, and he believed that their claims were sincere. The handwritten statements from the Mallets and the Scarberries is actually on display at a Mothman museum. The police said that when the four came in to make the report, they immediately separated them. They had them each write down the account and all of the accounts match and not like verbatim. So it seems like they rehearsed it like just like, OK, well, when did this happen? OK, perfect. Like they all wrote the same story, but like in their own words. And Ryan, in a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode I watched about this case, makes an interesting point. If you and your buddies are smoking pot and you're so out of it that you are able to, like, imagine this group sighting of a mothman, then you go to the police, which is probably the last thing you should ever do when you're high, and you and your three friends are questioned separately and you all report the exact same thing, is that very likely? No. So it only makes sense if this actually happened and the details can be flustered or swayed because there is no swaying of the truth. And that's why all of their stories matched. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. I don't know. I'm just kind of like going with the cuff. We're rolling with the flow. Anyways, after taking their statements, the deputy followed the two couples out to the sighting area where they did hear strange noises. They also found an odd footprint. It kind of looked like a hoof. Linda Scarberry was so overwhelmed because this is the third time that she'd been to this location and she's probably scared out of her mind. Um, She was so overwhelmed by this ordeal that when she went 
that she went into shock and had to be hospitalized. Afterwards, she received bizarre phone calls and house calls from men in black. Ah, do you remember that episode we covered back in the day? If you don't know this episode, go meander over back to episode 33. There are so many interesting nuggets about like possible real men in black. The morning after the sheriff um, held a press conference and the story trended in local and national news, the town overnight became so crowded with people hoping to catch a sight of the Mothman that on any given night, there were approximately 1,000 people in the woods looking for it. And what I have to say about that is that with all those hazardous materials and explosives, it seems a bit risky to allow 1,000 people in those woods. There was also this family named the Bennett family, and they encountered the Mothman when they were visiting from out of town. So they were apparently on this leisurely walk when they saw Mothman. The mother of the group, her name is Marcella, said that she will never forget it. She said that the Mothman looked relaxed as he watched them, almost waiting for them to hopefully approach, but the family didn't approach. Um, They just kind of like backed out slowly and ran for their lives. Um, Afterwards, Marcella suffered anxiety, paranoia, and nightmares for many, many years after the sighting. So suffice it to say, everyone Mothman comes into contact with um, ends up experiencing like these lingering side effects of the psyche. Marcella also said that for years afterwards, she would oftentimes feel like this unnerving presence of the Mothman, even though she was nowhere near West Virginia. She also began experiencing premonitions or visions of things that would, in fact, end up coming true. To kind of add on to that, there is this belief in regards to the legend that the Mothman is either causing or is the sign of some terrible event. In December 1967, there was a sighting in West Virginia, and then there was a collapse of the Silver Bridge, which killed 46 people. Then again, in 1999, there was a sighting of the Mothman in Russia, and then shortly after, several people died in an apartment bombing. Could the Mothman be a sign of ill will to come? might be how he is known to some not as the Mothman, but as the Killer Moth. Linda Scarberry, so we're going back to that original first sighting of when Linda and her boyfriend were amateur stargazing, um, claimed that after her encounter, she began to hear disembodied noises and see items moving by themselves. At first, she was convinced it was a ghost. Other strange phenomenon would often follow the sightings of the Mothman, such as police radio interferences, malfunctioning appliances in cars, poltergeist activity, and an increase in UFO sightings, which makes some people speculate that the Mothman might be a creature from out of this world. Skipping forward to 2016, a man who refused to disclose his name claimed to have taken a photo of Mothman in West Virginia. The photo shows a two-legged winged creature flying over the trees. However, most do not believe that this is Mothman. It's most likely photoshopped, but I'll try to post the picture for you to make so that you can make your own decision. Oddly enough, a string of sightings occurred somewhere a little outside of West Virginia. Chicago of all places. According to the Chicago Tribune, there were about 20 reports between April 7th and July 29th of this winged humanoid creature. The community of Point Pleasant certainly isn't shying away from their mystical past. 
For starters, there is an annual Mothman Festival every September. Brian, I know where we're going in September. (laughs) Oh my gosh, seriously? How fun would that be? This festival began in 2002, and it hosts about 10 to 20,000 people each year. Uh, there's a restaurant there called The Coffee Grinder, and there you can order various Mothman treats, such as Mothman droppings, uh, Mothman coffee, and a delightful little green Mothman cookie complete with red eyes. If you're feeling a bit more peckish, you could always pop on over to Village Pizza, where you can order a Mothman pizza. Um, They use everyday toppings to mimic the look of their town's famed mascot. There's also a life-size replica in the town's center of this ski fiend. So if you're ever in the area and feel like going face-to-face with Mothman, you can size yourself up against it first in the city center. So Mothman is a huge part of this town's identity and inevitably their tourism. So some people claim that Mothman was all just this elaborate creation, this elaborate scheme to get more people coming to their tiny town so that they can make a little bit of money, which could be, could be. I mean, it's a very elaborate scheme, if that's true, but it's so creative, Um so creative, in fact, that even if it came out that it was a giant ruse, I feel like I couldn't even be mad about it. I'd just be like, impressed. Gray Barker is an author who really took the legend of the Mothman into the mainstream world. He wrote a novel, which in 2002 was adapted to a film, which stars Richard Gere called The Mothman Prophecies. I haven't seen the movie, but I did watch the trailer. Um, It doesn't really seem like my thing because it doesn't seem like it really like holds true to the witness testimony that I've been reading. But if you would like to watch it, be my guest. Uh, Maybe one of these days I'll go down a rabbit hole and I will watch it. But today is not that day. In the end, no one really knows. Some believe he is just a figment of a wild imagination influenced by the hit show at the time, Batman. Um, Some have suggested that Mothman could be a demon or an angel. Some people think he could even be an alien, or some people believe he's an ultra-telestial, which is a creature that is from another dimension. But I want to know, what do you think? Is the Mothman real, or is he a figment of our imagination? Perhaps mankind is so good at creating its own demons that they become real. And we say if only we could find one, or capture one, or study one, then we'd believe. But maybe it's best if we leave these creepy creatures alone and allow them to reside in the shadows. Let them remain a mystery still unsolved. But let me know what you think. Visit the post I made about today's case on my Instagram account at Mystery Still Unsolved and follow me while you're there too. Uh, don't forget to visit my site, www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There you can binge all 65 episodes. And just a reminder, episode 33 is the one where I talk about the real men in black if you're interested in learning more about that. But we have covered all sorts of very cool things in our 65 episode history. So take this time to catch up a little. So yes, those are all really great ways to support my podcast. You know, just following me on Instagram, going to my website. But do you want to know more ways you can support the podcast? Of course you do. One of the best ways is to tell a true crime loving friend or family member about me 
Word of mouth is the best referral. That's what I always say. And I get so happy when people write to me telling me that they found me through a friend or a family member because honestly, that's the best compliment that you like this podcast enough to tell someone else about it. But as always, the best way to support this podcast would be to join me next week when together we'll discover, did someone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?